Hello, Talking Fight fans. Welcome once again to The Scoop featuring the champ, Bola Ray. We have got a really exciting episode lined up. This is one of this is one of the champ's favorite fighters. Oh, this this is going to be a show to end all shows. You guys are going to love it. Uh, I I you know whenever whenever the champ and I get to speak, we speak of this guy so highly. This guy is up there on our list, if not if not top ten, certainly top five. He is one of the great Canadian fighters who went on to fight around the world and do so well. I mean, I can't express you know how much this guy has changed my life, let alone a champ's life. Yeah, of course. Champ, champ, why, why don't you take it away? Why, why don't you tell us who do you have lined up? Who do you have lined up for tonight, champ? Oh my God. Oh uh, well, um, yeah. Because I got dressed up for this. I, I see that. Yeah, it was that momentous of event. Oh dear God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and bottom line is he's not lying. Uh, today's guest is a throwback from way back, the original Golden Boy. Um, yep. He he he. That was his that was his nickname before anyone knew of this Oscar De La Hoya cat. You know, um, he was a sensational and exciting Orthodox fighter out of Kitchener, Ontario. Another one from Kitchener. I don't know exactly what it is about the water in Kitchener. It just breeds champions, like several Canadian champions. I think as many as eight, if you want to include me, nine. Um, I started my boxing career out of Kitchener, so um, he was born in Kitchener, but he didn't stay there. He started his boxing career out of Kitchener, but more importantly, my name is Bola Raymond Olubuali, and this is The Scoop. Today's guest was supposed to be none other than the golden boy, Donnie Lalon, but uh, our wires got crossed, so... This is going to be a short and quick and sweet one. No, hang on, hang on, hang on. He's in Costa Rica. He's That's, in Co- that, that yeah. says it all. <laughs> He's living the life. Let you Trust me on that one. Uh, yeah, but he's living in Costa Rica. So, so to all you fans out there who appreciate the career of a boxer, where do you end up? Costa Rica. Costa Come on, Rica. What, could be, what could be better? You know? living the life he's been out fishing all day or scuba diving all day exactly or uh you know bird watching. The time. and absolutely i mean they don't keep track of time down there come on seriously you know what's ironic about the scenario tomorrow is his 61st birthday and he forgot or something tra- okay tomorrow is his 61st birthday Hold on to your hats. You tell me Donnie Lalonde's older than me? I didn't think anyone was older than you. But yeah, yes. me neither. <laughs> wow. Yes. Like, I, I'm, I'm okay. I seriously remember this guy as the golden boy. So yeah. to imagine him as being older than me is, oof, yeah. mind, blo- mind blown. Um, March 12th, 1960. Wow. Yeah. Okay, he's he only a well. few months old. Yeah, he aged well. We as opposed to me. 
<laughs> All right, let's talk about let's talk about Donnie Lawn's great career. Come on, let's let's Donnie, let's Donnie have Lawn, it. He had a, a decent up, uh, what's called amateur career. Started yeah. off in Kitchener, left Kitchener, moved to Manitoba. Um, Winnipeg was where he made his fame in boxing. Uh, turned pro in 1981, and um, just was exciting and electrifying period goes on he had his first something like five or six wins um until he had saw his first loss a decision he ended up going off and re revenging that loss immediately and then goes on again to amass a pretty good record like 19 and one um during that he ended up getting the opportunity to fight for the WBC light heavyweight championship of the world. Uh, it escapes me right now exactly who he fought for it, but um, yeah. Oh, Mustafa Hemshul. He wins this fight and goes on has a defense and shortly after that he goes up against the legend himself sugar Ray leonard now this scenario was unique because we're going back to i believe this was um uh in 88 november of 88. Mm. i remember that I don't remember the actual date, um, but November of '88, and I remember this being a young kid watching this guy going. He, he didn't stand a chance. He's too pretty. He's doing. He's with a, This is back in the day when big, fluffy, long hair was big in the '80s, and he had big hair, big, fluffy, blonde hair, and blue eyes and the whole nine yards. A golden boy. And he's going up against the, the pretty one, uh, Sugar Ray Leonard. I'm like, wow, good luck to you. And he more than held his own. He actually, um, it was an entertaining fight. It was, he, even though he got knocked down, I think in the fourth or fifth round, he came back. And I, re I remember seeing him rock, rock uh, Leonard with the right hand. And I was just like, I didn't, I didn't. I never thought that would come or ever, ever be this scenario. Only to see, well, then Ray does what Ray does and got him back. The fight goes, um, actually wasn't, I think it's, he stopped, Ray stopped him in the 10th round. But that wasn't the end of his career. He, he took some time off and he made a comeback. Um, now, what had happened, that fight was really unique in that it was also the WBC had just started the super middleweight division, just created a super middleweight division, um, 168. So Tom, um, Donnie had to compete, or they compete from both titles, both the super middleweight and the light heavyweight title at 175 but he had to qualify he had to get down to 168 which people thought was a little bit 
off-putting because at the end of the day, he never fought that low. And is this, well, is this the best idea for me? He thought he'd be a little bit too weak when Donnie assured everybody that he was he was perfectly fine. He he made weight and went on to do his thing. Um, when Ray relinquished his light heavyweight title, Donnie came back and fought uh, for that title. Um, in I don't believe he won the fight, but then he again didn't hang it up just kept plowing forward he ends up coming back and he fought for a world title once again one more time when he fought virgil hill for like for the cruiserweight crown in what was a cruiserweight in winnipeg this has to be i cannot think of another time in history where there was a world title fight in Winnipeg. But um, again, a great showing went to the decision. He lost on a unanimous decision, but he was a game fighter and then he retired. What a couple of notable things that I remember hearing about Donnie and I wanted to question him about it was <laughs> he went down to New York and was being trained by Teddy Atlas before the, the fight with uh, Leonard. And he, I think they had like six or seven fights, maybe eight fights together. Um, but there, for whatever reason, that union didn't mesh. And Donnie ended up leaving Teddy Atlas. Now, with that being said, When Donnie fought Ray Leonard, um, Teddy Atlas was so incensed, so enraged, because this was a huge payday. It was just shortly after the fight that he wanted to kill, kill Donnie Lillard. To the point, I heard that he actually went to Donnie's house with a gun, knocked on the door. And if Donnie had opened that door, Donnie wouldn't be here today. Not just that. Knocked on the door, no one answered. He then sat around and waited for a while. He was gonna get Donnie. And I wanted to talk about that because, <laughs> wow, that's the second time I've heard of Teddy Atlas actually attempting to shoot somebody. Um, yeah, he's a little unstable, just a wee bit. This is what it is. Um, I met I met Donnie once um, when he was being inducted into the Canadian Boxing Hall of Fame. And uh, deservingly so. Uh, great guy, great guy, um, down to earth, chilled. He is the way I used to think when I was really young. 
my aspiration was to be a, um, a world-class volleyball player, but a beach volleyball player. And we're talking real young, I'm talking early 80s. Um, but yeah, I saw myself being a beach bum and just playing volleyball. And, uh, and this is what I envisioned <laughs> a beach bum being like, just laid back, just, just enjoying life. He currently lives in Costa Rica, and I assume that's exactly what he's doing, enjoying life. Who needs a watch when you have paradise? So um, with that, I'm, <laughs> I don't have much more to say. Uh, if you like this episode, please hit the like button, subscribe, and uh, hit the notification bell. So as I can bring you more of these things. It's your boy Bola, and that's the scoop. Hang on. Thanks very much, Ray. Appreciate that. Uh, I enjoyed it, and I'm going to like it. Uh, but for this reason, in the in the mid '80s, uh, I worked in Bermuda. I worked at a hotel called the Elbow Beach Hotel. Okay. And every day we'd go down to the beach and just kind of like just lay there like beach bums as you're describing. But one of the things that we did in mid-afternoon was kind of scrounge up a few players to come play beach volleyball. And, uh, you know, we were mid-20s and uh, we would just walk around the beach and go, hey, do you want to play some beach volleyball? And literally nine or ten of us on each team and we would call it jungle rules beach volleyball. In other words, there were no rules. Yep. You know, we're you know, you've been drinking beer all day, you're throwing balls around the net and uh, having a great time. And at the end of the day, this is this is you're absolutely right. When it comes down to playing beach volleyball on the beach in a place like I imagine Daniel Lond is doing right now in Costa Rica, he is not doing it because I want to win. He's doing it because he's having fun. And sure. uh, you know, when I was when I was a young chap and uh, managing a hotel in, in Bermuda and playing beach volleyball. It's because it's fun and living on the beach is fun. You get away from it all. So yeah. that was, that, okay, that's that's one reason. Hit that like button, uh, subscribe to the show. Because uh, you reminded me of a great, great memory of when I was a young uh, young guy with the, the flowing hair and uh, playing, <laughs> playing beach volleyball with lots of attractive young ladies in bikinis. And uh, there's no, nothing like it. So I can, I can I get two thumbs up for, to for Donnie Lalonde having a great career in the boxing world, uh, enjoying life down in Costa Rica. I'm sure he'll come on to explain. You know what the funny thing is about uh, uh, Teddy Atlas and all those guys? You, you hear these great things about these guys, but what you don't hear is what you mentioned. It's like this weird little dark side uh, yeah, of the boxing right, industry, it? you know? And, and, and you sit there as a fan, as I've often said to you, as a fan, I never heard this stuff. You know, like I, I was saying, I was saying to Neil the Deal earlier. You know, we we migrated from this great era of heavyweights uh, where you had the the Ali, the Frazier, the Holmes, and the the Foremans all duking it out. You never knew who was really going to win. You know, and you kind of and uh, you know, and then you went to the Mike Tyson era, and, and you never anticipated a Buster Douglas kind of guy. Okay, but at the end of the day, there's always someone there who's going to disrupt, if you will. And Donnie Alon was one of these guys who came along and uh, really, you know, 
he just showed the joie de vivre, this this fun aspect of boxing, if you will. I never saw him as as a fan. I never saw him as a, a fierce, mean, uh, weird, just a fun kind of guy who hopped into the ring. You know, whether he won or lost, it didn't really matter to the fan. He gave it his all. He had a lot of fun doing it, in my opinion, because I, I had no idea that what was going on behind the scenes. And uh, to hear that story, I mean, let's let's get this guy on the show and let's hear his side of that. Because uh, uh, I'm blown away by hearing that. I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah, you you you've, you've said a lot of stuff, by the way, that has blown me away. Yeah. Uh, but that was a good one. So, <laughs> so for two reasons, I'm liking this show tonight. Uh, one is that great memory of uh, beach volleyball in Bermuda in the '80s, uh, a long time ago, and the other is, uh, wow bringing guns to doors and i want to kill you like again it's got to be a movie i mean you you have told (laughs) me on so many occasions here's a movie here's a movie scene like wow sorry i was ranting but there sorry yeah let's uh let's get him on the show let's let's tell him how revered he is uh still and uh let's get him on the show let's uh let's wake him up let's let's slap him out of that uh <laughs> little 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 huddies in right now, or exactly. uh, maybe he's flo- maybe he's floating on one of those floaty things in the pool and uh, drinking a pina colada. Who knows? I I, I I swear he doesn't have a watch. I'm going to ask him if he has a watch. <laughs> Who would? Who, exactly. would? Who would? There's a reason you moved to Costa Rica. Exactly. You know, exactly. you're living with monkeys and you're eating bananas off the tree, man. You're having a good old you're having a good old time and uh, sw- swimming with the sharks and uh, having a good time. Yeah. Well, thanks very much. Appreciate it, Ray. Uh, tomorrow night uh, being Friday, I hope yes. you've got a good one lined up. I do. I do. <laughs> I'll keep you in suspense. <laughs> Fair enough. Thank you very much. Right. Remember, guys, uh, like, share, subscribe. If you're going to subscribe, hit that notification button, and uh, you'll get notified whenever we're going on the air, and we go on there every day. So uh, we'll see you tomorrow night, Ray. Appreciate it. Cheers. Cheers.